You're listening to episode 29 of the Japan Gamescast. On this week's show, Animal Crossing gets the mega update fans have been waiting for, Nintendo causes a stir with Switch Online pricing, and Metroid Dread is the best-selling game in series history. All this and more coming up. Welcome back everyone to Japan Gamescast, the Japanese gaming news podcast recorded in Tokyo, Japan. I'm your host Julian, aka Kanten Gamer, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hey, how's it going, man? Uh, good as always, man. Uh, I saw you got a little little present yesterday. Yes, sir. I've got uh, <laughs> right here. This is uh, the good stuff. <laughs> there we go, man. Yeah. And uh, you, uh, you were glowing green with envy when I was talking about Metro Dread last week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I just got to try it out at, uh, at your place, but uh, had to yeah, get yeah. My, own, my own copy. So uh, that's good, yeah, man. Just, yeah, just started today, actually. No, so. nice, nice. That's good. Yeah, I actually finished it two days ago, and um, yeah, I'm still digesting the experience. But I'd say it's it's top three Metroid games of all time. Um, but I'm letting I'm letting it settle first because that might be like the euphoria of getting a new two D two D Metroid after like 19 years. But yeah, yeah. When I weigh up everything. I'd say it's it's bloody excellent. It's a, it's a really good game. Yeah, yeah. Like I liked Samus Returns a lot on the 3DS mm. when it came out a few years ago, but this is just like that on the next level. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, like I played uh, Samus Returns on it um on an emulator on my computer. I've got I got the DS version, 3DS mm. version as well. But even even on the emulator, like upscaled and stuff, I was just thinking like, man, I I don't think it quite matches metroid dread at all like <laughs> i feel i feel like dread is just like a higher production quality overall and just smoother just uh exactly yeah, yeah. What, what you want metroid to be you know oh, yeah i think overall it's had good reception um you know i could talk about the game all day to be honest <laughs> and uh, it's good yeah. to hear that you're enjoying your first experience um i think it's currently riding on an 89 on over on metacritic which is pretty nice um I consider anything over like an 80 as a good score for a game. Um, but uh, something like this that is so, so anticipated to be almost on a 90 is pretty, pretty good. Um, and yeah, we were going to just about to move into the, the sales, right? So um, that's our kind of first major update for this week. Um, these are the charts um, for the UK for last week. And at the top, we've got two enormous franchises that you'd expect to see. Um, every year we have a new FIFA game and as you can imagine in the UK, uh, I don't know how it is over in, in the US, but I imagine FIFA's not huge over there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't think so. Um, I think Madden maybe. Um, yeah. I was going to say yeah, Madden, Madden or like uh, NBA or NBL. Is that the, the baseball one? Um, well, you know, those kinds of games, but, um, yeah, in, in UK and Europe, um, FIFA is just, it just dominates the charts whenever it comes out. Um, so I would imagine that the, there's actually no numbers for this. We've just got the ranking, but I'd imagine FIFA probably sold like half a million units in its first week because just like everybody buys it. Um, and Far Cry 6, again, it's not as big as FIFA, but it's a huge franchise that's just sold more every time it got a new release. And that, I mean, we get a new Far Cry game every like two years now. Um, so to see Metroid Dread at third place um, is pretty, pretty huge, I think. Um, I don't know the numbers. It probably wasn't massive, but it might be somewhere around 100,000 units for 
for the first week. Cool. And and that's the UK UK only, right? UK only, yeah. So uh, I guess something to bear in mind is the population of the UK is around 70 million. So kind of half of Japan or about a fifth of uh, the US. Um, but it doesn't always translate to sales. Like, you know, sales is a fifth of the US sales. Certain franchises tend to be more popular in the UK versus the US and stuff like that. You know, so obviously like FIFA. Um, but I feel like Metroid, I think just across the whole Western world, it's quite popular. So I'd imagine, yeah, I'd imagine it to be like, you know, in whatever relation the 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 console has sold in the US, say if it's like, you know, it sold 200% more, then I'd imagine the sales of the game to be maybe 200% more. Well, and how about the Japan sales? You've got those uh, as well. Yeah, so in Japan, uh, we do actually have some stats. Uh, this comes from a game data library. And this is actually compared to the series, uh, basically the entire, mostly the entire Metroid series, uh, first week sales uh, in Japan. And then on the right side, you can see some of these numbers um, for the, the lifetime sales. Yeah, it looks like Metroid Dread has just passed up the majority of the other uh Metroid games lifetime sales just in its first week. Basically, yeah. I mean, we've only, which is ironic because it's the worst game on the list. Metroid Hunters is on 90,000 <laughs> 90, for, for lifetime sales. And I believe that only sold so well because it was the first, like, it was the first, like, FPS game on the DS. And it was like a multiplayer game as well. So I imagine, like, it probably sold more copies because it's multiplayer, right? Whereas like stand like like one player games tend to sell less because you know you don't you don't meet you don't need as many copies of the game to play it with other people. Um, so yeah, I mean it just needs four thousand more to beat that lifetime sales. Um, and then the best selling of all time in Japan is Metroid Fusion with one hundred fifty five thousand, which it's really not that high um, when you look at other franchises like franchises in Japan. Um, you know like Monster Hunter or Mario Kart, Final Fantasy. Dragon Quest, all those kinds of like big, big games. Um, they do those kind of numbers in like a couple of days, <laughs> not just like lifetime. Yeah, and so on the the back of the sales obviously being um, quite far- favourable for the franchise and it's making a lot of um, fans happy because more sales means more possibility of Nintendo making more Metro games in the future. Um, it's actually been boosting sales of the previous games. So I've been seeing a lot of people, especially on Twitter, saying like... Um, I just finished Metroid Dread, like, oh, I really loved it, you know, um, and it, it was my first ever Metroid game. And, cause, you know, because I've been playing it for like, I don't know, I played Super Metroid when I was like seven or something. So I'm so used to it. You kind of forget that there's so many people that have not played the franchise before. So this is the uh, the UK eShop charts, uh, which again, it's not like the official numbers, but you can just, but just by going onto the shop, you can see the, the ranking, right? Um, so Metroid Dread was actually at the top on the the uh, eShop. Um, the chart we looked at before was retail, so uh, that makes a lot more sense. Um, and then, yeah, people were using the virtual console f- function on Wii U to download Metroid Fusion, Metroid Zero Mission. They were f- one and two ranking. Uh, number seven was Metroid Prime t- Trilogy, and number nine was Met- Super Metroid. And then even on the 3DS, uh, uh, Metroid Samus Returns was uh, third place. So... Yeah, hopefully Nintendo is looking at this and thinking, hmm, you know what? You know, people actually like Metroid games. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's make yeah. let's make more of them. Yeah, they're they're getting everyone pumped up for a uh, Prime uh, Prime Four. But uh, anyway, that's enough. That's enough Metroid talk. Uh, I'm just gonna give an a th- 
This is the second or the third update on a, a kind of story that's been going on for a little while now. Uh, we talked about the uh, Ikebukuro Gigo Sega Arcade closing down a couple of weeks ago. And then two weeks ago, um, it like officially had its closing and the manager came out and bowed to all the fans. And there were like thousands of people in the streets, you know, with signs being like, thank you, Gigo, you know, uh, Arcade. Um, but actually, um, it was announced two days ago that a new Sega Arcade will be reopening literally across the road from the uh, original location. So <laughs> it's not all doom and gloom. It's uh, it's good to see. Um, but this is called the, uh, the Ikebukuro Project, uh, Volume 1. And from what I can gather so far, there's going to be volume two and three as well. So there'll be other other locations opening. Um, and yeah, basically just looks like your standard Sega Arcade. But the only thing that's different I can understand from this is that it's much more based around crane games and less like arcade games. So uh, I see. that's like not that good because crane games kind of suck. But, you know, um, there, there will actually be video games in there. Just not as many as you might hope for. <laughs> yeah, it, it looks a lot smaller than the uh, the previous one. The, yeah, the previous yeah. Spot. But I mean, uh, that that was Gigo, so that was yeah, pretty pretty huge. But yeah, this looks pretty cool. So that's the old one there. You can see on the right side, um, and then the new one over here. So like, I mean, you know, until they take that sign down, it just looks like the same like set of buildings, right? You might even just mistake them for the same business, but. Um, I assume they'll have that removed at some point, but yeah, I mean, that, that's good. You know, um, you can see on the side here, basically, yeah, they've got video games in the basement and then there's three floors of crane games. And then there's a Ichiban, Ichiban Kuji cafe on the, on the fourth floor. So, you know, maybe not, uh, as epic as an arcade as we might remember from the traditional ones, but at least it's going to be there in, in some regard. Yeah. It's, it's good that there'll, there will be something at least, so. Yeah, exactly. Um, cool. So, uh, in our last uh, our last small update here, uh, it's been announced that Elden Ring was uh, delayed slightly, but mm. also we've had some uh, leaked gameplay footage from it. And uh, yeah, it was previ- previously announced to release uh, at the end of January, mm-hmm. and uh, I believe they've moved it now to the end of February next year. So, um, yeah, this is uh, from Software. You know, the creators of. Uh, Dark Souls, and uh, yeah, you you mentioned that uh, the what's his name, the author of a uh, Game of Thrones, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, George R R Martin. Um, yeah, so yeah, it's, yeah, it's basically his world, I believe, or like he's he's at least uh, collaborated on writing it. Um, actually, uh, this is the original trailer for the game that we're seeing here. Um, but uh, it says at the start, it's a collaboration between uh, Hidetaka uh, Miyazaki, I think his name is. Um, who's the director of Demon Souls and, and Dark Souls and uh, George R.R. Martin, yeah. So it's very you know, Demon Souls in, in its appearance. Um, you know, that really dark medieval world, these creepy-ass monsters and stuff. Um, yeah, and... So, yeah, I'm, I'm really curious it, to see. And it's uh, it's open, going to be an open-world game, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, so that's uh, that's new for them, right? I believe so. Yeah, they they're usually quite linear in the way that um, you know the levels are laid out. I think I think there's a lot of like it does have that kind of Metroidvania style, a lot of backtracking and you know coming back to secret areas and stuff. But um, from what I've played of the games, the paths are very got narrow and stuff, and it guides you around. And I, I guess in a lot of ways that really plays into like the combat because if it's really open world, it might be more easy to escape from enemies and stuff. 
because those games are very brutal when it comes to like the parrying and the dodging and stuff, right? But this looks cool, man. It's like big ass dragons and stuff, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm getting kind of a, a Skyrim vibe with with a uh, better combat. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. So it's it's a uh, as you can imagine by a lot of fans, it's really hyped up, and um, the, the huge success of Game of Thrones has people excited to see, you know, uh, something like Dark Souls, but maybe on a perhaps on an even grander scale um, from someone like George R R Martin who can conceive these kind of super complex worlds but yeah we had some leaked gameplay as well um but i don't know after we just looked at the gameplay trailer like this really doesn't look that that impressive like i don't, I don't know what you think about this but let's see it looks fine but it looks a bit like a ps3 game yeah i mean this could be just coming from you know youtube and the compression and you know, uh, sure, sure, uh, yeah. Capturing it, and I believe he's also like slowed down the gameplay and zoomed in. Oh, um, yeah, I mean, you, you know, you can tell from that, yeah. But I just the, uh, you know, I'm, you know, I've I've watched enough Digital Foundry videos to you know know like what what to criticize, not to what to criticize. But I feel like just the overall presentation, it's just a little bit, a bit lacking. It's almost got that. You remember when they first showed a Halo Infinite off, and uh, everyone was like saying like, <laughs> oh, like it looks like crap. But because yeah, the lighting yeah. was like they did basically they had like disabled all the lighting or something. So like nothing had shadows on it or like the image yeah. just looks very, very flat. And that's kind of like vibe I'm getting here. Well, if it's you know, if it's leaked, it could be that this is running like it's some kind of development build and it doesn't have all of the, you know, uh, post effects and things. Of course, uh, yeah, you yeah. Know, enabled and it, you know, it could be running on on a, a PC or something. Uh, like a dev PC. Absolutely, so, yeah, yeah. you know, so we can't really judge too much, but you know, the the official trailer looked pretty decent. So you know, I'm yeah, keeping... that's that's why I'm not. I don't know. It, it, some, in some ways, it's what you know. You could be not worried about it, but there's so many instances in the past of like trailers looking amazing, and then when the game actually comes out, everyone's like, "That's not what you fucking showed us." Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is this? Well, um, but I, yeah, I don't know. I actually thought that the the Halo Infinite trailer that everyone hated so much was like looking pretty good in the beginning up until, he, <laughs> you know, he gets into the shadows and then it, it starts to look kind of grimy and ugly. But, uh, yeah. but like, I thought the first half of the trailer was totally fine. And I, you know, I like that kind <laughs> of like classic Halo st- art style and stuff. So sure. sure. Yeah. I can um, understand that. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, I think, you know, f- uh, from software, they're, they're pretty, a consistent studio. So I'd, I'd be very surprised if it came out looking that rough. Um, I mean, we don't even know when that footage is from. It got leaked this week, but it could have been taken like a year ago. So that's probably one thing to bear in mind. So all in all, yeah, uh, quick update on the, the date. It's only delayed by what, like a month, month and a half? Yeah, so, yeah, so uh, not not a big delay. Yeah, that's not the end of the world. I'm, I'm pretty used to that now with these big AAA games, you know, when they're, when they're of such high quality and... The studios are usually like 200, 300 people involved. Um, you know, what's, what's, what's it to wait another month? If I can wait 19 years for Metroid Dread, I'll wait another year, <laughs> another month for Elden Ring. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But anyway, yeah, let's uh, let's dive into some of the big stories this week. Um, we had the uh, the Animal Crossing Direct. And uh, yeah, this is a pretty huge um, update for fans. Um yeah, people I mean, seem people seem pretty excited about this. It's like twenty five minutes of like new stuff for Animal Crossing. Just I mean, pu- pure updates. Yeah, you know, when I was watching this, I was thinking like, there's no way this is like just a DLC. Like, it's almost like a full game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, not not quite a full game, but you know, it's like a significant amount of stuff. 
Um, yeah, yeah. I, you've got a, a list of updates there, right? Yeah, um, yeah. So uh, we'll go through some of the, the things that... I mean, so I'd say for myself, as someone who has uh, admittedly not a massive, like... I'm not, like, massively obsessed with the series, but I do really like it. Um, you know, so I don't, like, customize my island and, like, make videos and stuff and spend, like, 800 hours in the game. But I have played every single entry in the series. And when I was a kid, when I played the first one, I was absolutely obsessed with it. But, you know, I was a kid and I had a lot more time to do that kind of stuff. <laughs> so I, I've seen the progression of the series um, over the years and the features they've added and what people have liked and disliked and stuff. I guess uh, one of the biggest updates is some returning characters. So um, every iteration of the game has some unique villagers, um, but always like some recurring characters. And, and we just saw in the video there a Capin, the little Capper uh, um, guy who like rides the boat uh, in the first game. Uh, what does he do in the first game? I think he does. Like, he's, he's on a boat, isn't he? Um, but sometimes he like rides the bus or like he just does different stuff. And um, so he's basically going to be coming back. Uh, and he's going to have his little boat tour kind of thing that looks pretty good. Um, and yeah, some of the old classic favourite um, villagers. So a lot of these I don't actually remember the names of um, because you just you tend to have like eight villagers on your island and then you just kind of stick with them and then that's it. But in, in actual reality, there's like 200 characters in each game, but most of them you never meet. So <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> so they've got these new characters and... Uh, I believe, like, you can go to new islands as well. Yeah, so I think there's going to be something like, um, you know, you'll get on the boat. It's kind of like where you go to the airport already in the game and you fly to, like, a tropical island and you have to spend the ticket, right? Um, and But instead you get on the boat and you can go to different islands and there's, there's some other kind of, like, mechanic with that. But um, I don't know the exact details. It looks quite similar to what you can already do, but I guess it just gives you more opportunities to get new items. Um... They've added cool little details, things like um, you can have place like permanent ladders on the walls. So if you want to get like, you know, make routes to get around um, and they've added these like plants, which are actually like vines that grow up the walls and you can like, climb up them. And they've increased um, the amount of ramps and bridges that you can have. And also um, we can see in this image um, over here on this website, um, there's basically going to be like a new little like shopping like market. So all the... All the characters that come kind of on like kind of frequent intervals um but like one at a time they come to the uh, the island so like leif the guy who sells like the plants and you got red the uh, the black market guy and uh, i forgot the name like the camel who sells she sells the rugs and the wallpapers and stuff all those characters you can actually unlock this marketplace where they'll all be there like all the time so it'll be much easier to like get hold of like all these rare items and stuff which is quite useful i thought like the the main thing that stood out to me was like uh, where you design someone else's like house you know it's like a job and they, they oh give you, yeah 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 like they give you a theme and you go to like their island i think and you, and you design their whole like setup yeah yeah so that's um seems like an extension of um i don't know if you remember the ds game happy home designer or 3ds game um so basically in that game you would have like an objective of like a style so usually based around the character whose house it was and you know they might say like oh my style is pink or like my style is clouds or something like that and then you'd have to like deck out the house and you know make it nice and you get different points because based on like the, like the feng shui of the room you know so you have to place the furniture in certain areas and stuff yeah so uh, it's called happy home paradise so it's quite similar to that that um that game 
Um, and so it looks like it'll be $25 for the paid DLC, um, which I think seems pretty reasonable. Because um, all, all the other stuff we mentioned so far is free. Like, the game is just like doubling in size for free. And then if you want even more stuff, you can buy this, you know. It kind of seems like when they originally released the game, it was a little bit... It wasn't empty, but it, it was kind of lacking a little bit. And I, I think that's why some people got got bored with it after, you know, a month or so. So, like, it kind of seems like they've spent the last year or two, like, developing, like, fully developing all the parts that they originally wanted to add mm. to the game. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of funny to see it, like, re you know, finally being released. You know, and they've got this whole, like, uh, you know, uh, paid DLC for it and mm. and everything. But, um, you know, I, I didn't personally play the, the original that much. I mean, I, I briefly tried it, but, uh, so I'm not sure, you know, how, exactly how deep you could go. But it seems now you, you've got really the full experience available. So, like, for someone just jumping in now, like, it, it's going to have everything, right? Like, you could Yeah, do, if you were, if you were to pick this up, like, now as, like, a first thing, then that would be pretty crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like fully realized. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And Oh, and this is all. They just showed off... Um, this in the these the counters you can add and you can actually add walls and stuff now so this is starting to feel like a lot more like the sims you know so like <laughs> yeah basically they've made like a full apartment here and i feel like this should have been in the game like 15 years ago like it feels like so simple but i don't know it just never got added so yeah it's well it's cool to see it the game has grown so much i mean it it looks almost like a, a different game from the one that launched yeah, you know, like if you go back and look at the the launch footage, it's it's kind of barren. You know, it's just like the the empty island. You know, and you you can build a little hut and like have a have a bed and a painting on the wall or something. And now and now it's like there's all these different types of of plants and like just little knickknacks and things. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. pretty wild. I know what you mean. I mean, I really enjoyed the uh, the the wild nature when you start because like. I really love like Harvest Moon or like Stardew Valley and those kind of games. So, you know, like picking all the weeds and making it all clean first and then like chopping down the trees to make room for the buildings and stuff. But a lot of the other Animal Crossing games, they had had like a, like a village, like a, like a, like a shop area, you know, and, and once it developed up, you had this like little mini like town. So even though like, yeah, I really enjoyed the start of um, New Horizons, like it kind of like peaked before I felt like it actually should peak, you know, they, they felt like it should have gone a bit further. But then, yeah, just just didn't happen that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. But yeah. uh, anyway, I guess this kind of brings us into our, our last bit of news for today, right? Because at the yeah, end, yeah. they announced the price for this DLC. Um, and I think it's available on its own. Uh, did you say that's $25 uh, for just Animal Crossing? Yes. Uh, yeah, sorry. yeah. Um, so yeah, on November 5th, uh, It'll be available as a paid D DLC for twenty five yeah. bucks. Uh, but they also announced that if you subscribe to the new tier of Nintendo Switch Online, you can mm. get it included uh, with the N sixty four games and Genesis games that we covered last time, right? So anyway, uh, yeah, this pricing was announced uh, at fifty dollars for Animal Crossing and the N sixty four Sega Genesis. So, uh, yeah, I thought maybe we could just talk about the, um, the price, uh, and 
like for me, I really love the N64. Like it's my favorite console. And, yeah, I, yeah. and I, to me, those these games are like my favorite classic, you know, Nintendo titles. Mm. So like, I'm probably gonna subscribe to it. Although <laughs> I I acknowledge that it's it's a bit too expensive for what it is. Yeah. Um, so I think that seems to be the the general consensus online at the moment. You know, it's currently twenty dollars for Nintendo Switch Online, which comes with very bare bones online service. You know, when you compare it to something like PlayStation Plus or Xbox Live Gold, which comes with like games every month, like like new games every month, and uh, you know, voice chat. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, a, a, a comparable service, you know. Um, but, you know, because it's a third of the price, most people are like, oh, that's fine. You know, it's $20. It's like three bucks a month, right? It's so cheap. Well, like, that's yeah, that. It's like 160 or something a month. It's so cheap that you just kind of don't care. But going, yeah. you know, and, and I think everyone... I mean, before the announcement, what did you think the price would go up to from $20? I was thinking 35 or or 40 mm, uh, Okay. Yeah, so I was thinking another ten because that that would be a fifty percent increase, right? It's up to thirty, which I still think is a bit too. I think it should be five dollars, really, just for like a couple of extra games tacked on. But but I thought you know if they increase to thirty, then you've got like twenty and thirty. But it's been yeah, been announced basically a one year subscription for this expansion pack is going to be fifty dollars, which yeah. is just it's just a lot of money, isn't it, for what they're asking? Yeah, I mean. Once once they add all the other N64 titles, um, like they've announced here, there's like all these other ones coming. Mm. Uh, it'll be a little bit better. Um, also, the, the Sega Genesis library wasn't that large, right? Mm. Um, so like they really need to expand on these consoles. Like, I mean, if, if it was like a Netflix style service where like you had all the consoles, all the games you would want to play and you just have to pay like the $50 yearly fee and then you could ha easily have access to them all. You know, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it doesn't seem like that bad of a price, but the issue is like they, they kind of pick and choose the games, So you, you don't really feel like you're getting access to everything that you would, you would want to make it worth it. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's, I mean, how, how much is Netflix? It's about $10 a month, maybe a little bit more now. Um, yeah. I, but I think that's about right. But imagine you, you logged into Netflix and you had like six films. <laughs> You'd be like, what the fuck? What the fuck am I paying for? This is yeah, ridiculous. Or like if it only had the made by Netflix films, it didn't have right, like, Exactly. It, yeah. Um, I mean, admittedly now that is some of its best content, admittedly, because they, they, they do curate some pretty good stuff, but, but you still want to be able to like look through other things, right? You know, you need a huge selection and Nintendo has, it easily has 500 games that it's made in the past that it could put on there. I mean, it has well more than that, but it just has 500 pretty good games that you could put on there. And they could charge, they could charge Netflix prices for that. So, you know, they, they could be making more than $50 a year. They could be charging, I'd probably say they could probably charge about $15 a month for that. If they just said $15 a month, but you have like every fucking Nintendo game that ever existed. Like on on demand, like if it if it also included like GameCube and and Wii and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what I mean, right? It like the price it's at now. If it included all the big N sixty four games, um, I think we got most of the big Super Nintendo games, right? Are there some uh, some big ones? Super Nintendo, yeah. The the problem with N sixty four is that most of the best games were made by Rare, 
And yeah, yeah. Microsoft nowhere now owns the rights to them. So like it's a bit it's a bit unfortunate. You know, like um Microsoft have allowed you know, like IP, like you know, like Banjo Kazooie well, to appear. Like, I mean, Donkey Kong Country is on the SNES Online, so it would be cool if they could get like well, Diddy, Diddy Kong Racing. You know, yeah, yeah, that that's owned by Nintendo, I think, though. Um, it, the the because Donkey Kong is Nintendo's property, right? The character. Yeah. So yeah. I think maybe like yeah, Donkey Kong sixty four is probably fine, but if you're thinking about you know like uh, Jet Force Gemini, Goldeneye. Uh, Blast Core, uh, Diddy Kong Racing, um, which I think it's a kind of it's Diddy Great. Kong, but it, but, it, <laughs> but it has yeah, but it has a lot of like original rare characters. I'm not really sure where they land with that, but there's so yeah. many good rare games. Um, yeah, it's kind of unfortunate, but yeah, I think, I, yeah. I mean, to to me, just to kind of sum it up, I think the price is a a bit too high although mm. personally i don't think it's like crazy high i mean i think i would have paid 35 or maybe even 40 a year yeah for it. yeah because when you do, what is that when you divide it up you know it's it's, it's like, like four dollars a month it's really not that much money i think it's just the principle of it it's, it's just the the fucking balls on nintendo to be like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. we'll raise the price by like 250 or three hundred percent, or whatever it is. Like, yeah, yeah. It's just like fucking hell. Come on, I mean, us. <laughs> like, like I wish they had left the Animal Crossing DLC as its own thing. They didn't mm. include it because it, it really doesn't have. It shouldn't be part of the online service, yeah. right? Like even Anna, the Genesis games. I mean, like I don't know about you, but I don't need that shit. Like <laughs> most of those games suck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and they're available to purchase in like a separate pack already. So. Mm, like true i think they should have left the dlc as something that you could buy you know separately if you wanted to and then like the upgrade to n64 would be like extra five bucks or ten bucks a month mm. tacked on to the regular price like yeah yeah that would that's what i was expecting um that's really what i thought of five five or ten dollars i thought like if they're being cheeky it would be ten dollars <laughs> yeah yeah but not not thirty dollars um yeah but there's there's one more thing uh i heard online Someone said, like, well, if they added Animal Crossing DLC to the online service, like, what if all future DLCs become mm-hmm. part of the service? Like, you buy the base game, but if you want to play, like, the extra shit, then you have to be part of our Nintendo Switch online membership. I mean, that's, like, this really shady kind of gray zone where... Well, y- yeah, you know, I've, heard this, I've heard the same kind of thing, and I was actually about to say the same kind of thing. Um, but with Animal Crossing, they are offering the option to buy it separately so i think if that was the case that would actually improve the value of the service because once there's like three or four games on there then okay yeah it's 50 dollars a month but i just got like four dlc packs for like zelda mario yeah, like splatoon like or they did the big pokemon snap dlc like a few months ago where you get all mm, these extra mm. maps and you know pretty much all of their big games get big like dlc packs now right like yeah, Nintendo yeah. has kind of made that a standard thing that they do. Mm-hmm. But what worries me is like, like I think first they're going to start adding these DLCs to the service and then they're going to s- maybe stop selling them separately. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I see, I see. Yeah, yeah. But like it could get to the point where like you buy a game and it's like half finished and it's like, you know, six to eight months later, it's like, well, if you want to play like the rest of your game, you know, you got to, you got to be, you know, a member or whatever yeah it just sucks yeah that's the that's the slippery slope i think um 
I guess only time will tell. But I mean, if it, if it's because the Pokemon updates were all free, that's the thing, you know. So yeah, yeah, you know, they're already giving them away for free, and they've been doing that for a long time. So I'd say probably since like Mario Kart Eight on the Wii U, that was the first game to really start receiving like big DLC updates from Nintendo, at least. So I'd be surprised if they turned turn angles now but they've always had like free dlc and a paid dlc so i think just for the, the paid dlc you know for them it's better to like definitely get 50 dollars a month or sort of 50 dollars a year and you might download two dlc packs than someone you know buying one pack for 25 dollars maybe you know yeah yeah because i guess if you're if you're offering all this other stuff that you know even if the person doesn't use it it's not really costing them anything extra but then they're just guaranteed the money because that's how Xbox Live works. You know, it's it seems like a ridiculous deal, but when you think about it, like how likely were you to buy two brand new sixty dollar games every year? Most people don't really do that. You know, most people don't have the expendable income. People buy them like secondhand or cheap. You know, so for for Xbox, they're just getting like a guaranteed income every month of like a set, a set amount of like millions of dollars. So yeah, they're actually yeah. they're actually making much more money than they were selling games separately, I think. Yeah, it's, kind of, it's kind of, interesting and you know people forget that they're subscribed and then they stay subscribed, you know, for years. Exactly. And, yeah, and, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, um like I, you know, I work at a school and there's like I've got a lot of like rich students and some mm. of them, some of some of them told me that they're subscribed to like thirty or forty different services. Like they don't even know what <laughs> you know they're subscribed to, and like yeah, yeah, you know, it's just like out of out of sight, out of mind kind of thing. So um, sit there, the age of the subscription. So um, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna probably hold off a little bit, and I'm gonna see if if all this online backlash leads to a price reduction by Nintendo. I'm very much doubtful of that because they almost never listen to the public opinion. But yeah, you never know. You never know. Well, uh, I guess, shall we uh, check out our new releases this week? Yeah, yeah, let's uh, move into our little final segment here. Um, so first up, we've got a Fatal Frame Maiden of the Blackwater. So I don't know if this is a remake or a new Fatal Frame frame game. Um, I guess it looks... Yeah. I mean, the graphics aren't incredible, even for a PS4 game. Are you familiar with the series? I've played them, yeah. Um, a couple of the games. I mean, back on like PS2. Uh, they always have this very like heavily grainy like film filter, and you know, it's it's basically like a playable Japanese horror movie. Oh, okay. Um, so it's is it kind of like Resident Evil? Mm, not really. No, it's it's more like you don't have any weapons. Oh, so, so it's like Luigi's Mansion. <laughs> no, 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 not in the slightest. It's just like it's it's kind of like you know the Ring or something like that, where these like creepy monsters or whatever. But it's like a lot of like ghosts and like you know people like like um like unrestful like kind of spirits and stuff, and you have to go around. And I think you usually have like a camera and you take pictures of the, the spirits to like you know solve that. It's kind of like a mystery game as well. Um, I'd probably say it's more in line with like something like Silent Hill in that kind of creepiness and wait when a lot of the time you don't really have a weapon, you're quite like defenseless. And you just have the walking around with the flashlight. Oh the graphics look alright here. I, yeah, I'm, yeah, I mean it doesn't look bad, yeah. I'm getting kind of like a, a Sega kind of vibe 
from this. Mm. You know what I mean? Like that yeah, res yeah. Resident Evil 4 kind of graphics. Let's go home. Um, yeah, it's got that very similar style, but yeah, it looks. It still looks a bit like last last gen. You know, it looks like a like PS3. a high end PS3 game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think all the the color filters and stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, but you know, it's it's got that sort of retro touch to it. So you know. Yeah, um, so a Koi, Koi Tecmo game. Um, but yeah, you can see in the trailer here, this is the uh, the camera obscura, as it's called. And you can take these pictures. So it's kind of like Pokemon Snap in a way. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. This would have been great on the Wii U, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, but exactly, yeah. But the uh, I think there was actually one on the on the, on the the Wii. Um, I think it was called like Clock Tower. I can't remember if it's the same series or it's the Japanese... It's like the English name of this series. Or there's another series that's very similar, called like Clock Tower or something. But you have a camera and you know you shoot the ghosts and stuff. But uh, oh, this is pretty oh, cool yeah. actually. This camera mode, <laughs> photo mode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, but anyway, yeah. Uh, looks pretty pretty cool. Um, any fans of that kind of series? Um, don't know if I'll be checking it out myself, but if I see it on sale or something, I might might check it out. I quite like horror games. Yeah, man. Cool. Well. uh... Yeah, let's move up to uh, Voice of Cards. And uh, yeah. is this the Voice of Cards we talked about, um, I think, a few weeks ago? Uh, Yoko Taro. Um, it's the very same. And actually, this is the same the same trailer, because um, there, there isn't another trailer out for this game yet. Um, oh, really? Yeah, but it's going to be... They announced it, and then like it releasing soon after it was announced, right? Yeah, pretty quick turnaround, right? So um, that's pretty nice. We had the directs. Um, like mid-September, right? So uh, that was just about a month ago. And it, yeah, it got dropped there. And uh, yeah, it's coming out now. So this is actually, I think, PS4 trailer. But I'd imagine a game like this would look exactly the same on both consoles. Because um, it's just 2D cards. So <laughs> can't imagine it's uh, too taxing for the, the console. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, I believe this was inspired by like the old table like tabletop RPG games, mm. right? I'd imagine um, so, yeah. Um, I like Dungeons, not Dungeons and Dragons, maybe Dungeons and Dragons or like, I don't know which ones have cards. I'm not too familiar. Maybe like uh, Magic the Gathering, that's the card game, isn't it? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I haven't played many, uh, many card games. Um, so, you know, maybe this would be cool to check out. Just like, I'm not sure how, you know, similar the mechanics are to like a normal card game. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but I mean, it seems cool. Like it could be a cool way to like get into the spirit of you know the the card games, and you know you could see all the animations and things kind of make it more lively, a little more yeah, exciting. Yeah, sure. So, uh, yeah, maybe I'll I'll check out a review on that um, and see uh see what people have to say. Yeah, well, that comes out yeah October twenty eighth. So uh, yeah, just a little over a week from now. Cool. So uh, our last game for today, uh, it's not a Japanese developed game, but Age of Empires 4 uh, yeah. is coming out uh, in a few weeks. And uh, it does include Japan civilization. So I thought, you know, we could just take a look at it here. And, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. So uh, just Microsoft game. But I think we're both quite big fans of the series, right? So a good one to check out. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to check this one out and play through. And uh, apparently the gameplay is like a nice blend of Age of Empires 2, which is kind of a fan favorite, mm. with some like more modern graphical, you know, elements and uh, gameplay tweaks and things like that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I've watched some people play it online. There was, you know, um, 
there was some early multiplayer, uh, what do you call them, trials or whatever. Sure, sure. Um, and people were saying like that it's it's pretty good. So, uh, yeah, we've got yeah, ca- cool, cannons yeah. there, and um, and the the cities like when as you build them up, they like automatically like kind of uh, transform like the the streets um, and types of buildings like sort of evolve along with you as you progress through the ages. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, there's there's one thing I I always didn't like about these kinds of games. It's like um, the city building elements. It's like I know it's not not really what it's about. But like I like I like when they automate that kind of stuff because you, once you get into like the mid game and you're focused on the army and the battling, you don't have any time to go back and worry about the, the city, right? So it, yeah, if like, you could like kind of like automatically upgrade its appearance and just make it look more aesthetically pleasing, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, I think I'm gonna check that out. So I'll report back in on that uh, once we get around to it. But absolutely, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely join you for a game. A game of conquest. Yeah, man. I'll uh, I'll come and invade your, in- your in- lands. <laughs> England versus uh, I guess they probably don't have uh, Americans. Maybe they have yeah, sorry, a, Native, Native American. <laughs> you mean like Aztecs? Maybe that's the closest Aztecs, thing. <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyway, man. Uh, well, uh, nice talking with you today. Yeah, that's it, guys. Uh, that's the end of the show. Um, yeah, not much news this week, but just some discussions and um, yeah, I just wanted to share a few opinions, especially about Nintendo Switch Online. Um. I think me and you both are quite into, you know, new Animal Crossing games also. Good to see some new DLC coming around for that. Um, so thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, make sure you're following us on whatever platform you are listening to us on. Uh, or if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed. Uh, yeah, thanks as always, Ryan, for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. And we'll be back next week for the next episode of the Japan Gamescast. Cast.